people what's good you already know who it is and if you don't know who it is it's your man leon benson aka leon genesis aka your mom's favorite personal trainer aka let's get it aka let's work aka always working aka features thompson in the building what it do we back at it again man this is episode 115 season three of the passion purpose perspective podcast by yours truly we out here we working it's sunday fun day august 4th 2022 man we got a lot to cover but we finna make it quick last episode we discussed in terms of fitness rest in between sets so how much rest you should take depending on what type of exercising you're doing and depending on your level of intensity, depending on your goals, et cetera, et cetera. We also discussed in the last episode how the Federal Reserve crashed the stock market and just why it happened and and just all of the craziness that has to do with that. So if you want to go back into the feed, you can go back to episode 114 and check that out. Today, I want to talk about which exercise burns the most calories and then from there of course we're going to get into the world of finance and something that's a little more easier to digest um, and appreciate for retail investors or investors that are in the beginning of their journeys like myself so we're going to talk about how to find stocks to buy but first and foremost let's get into the fitness portion of today's episode so which exercise burns the most calories now before i get into the specifics me off the top i would assume running burns the most calories because you're literally using your entire body to run you're moving your arms you're moving your legs uh on account of that obviously you know you're flexing your quads your hamstrings uh your glutes your calf muscles to push off of the ground you know, you're lifting up your legs using your quad muscles. Um, in terms of your arm swinging, as biceps and tricep action. You know, obviously you gotta utilize your shoulders as well. There's so many stabilizers that you use. You know, even in your back to hold your body up upright during your running. Um, but yeah, um, according to this article, that is not the case. So let's get into that. So. I found an article online by Harry Bullmore via LiveScience.com, and he spoke with Dr. Javier Gonzalez from the University of Bath, England. So, first of all, they they state that, uh, or Gonzalez, Dr. Gonzalez, he states that um, a calorie is an amount of energy required to heat one gram of water by one degree Celsius. He also states that exercises that use more muscle groups result in result in more calories burned, which, okay, yes. And then the intensity of exercise is also a contributing factor to burning more calories or burning the most calories. So there's some other details within the article, but it basically says that cycling, stationary cycling or biking at 20 miles per hour burns the most calories within 30 minutes so they ran some some studies um and some experiments with different individuals at different body weights so 
yeah, they found that cycling burns the most calories at 20 miles an hour. So they measured this through a person that was 125 pounds. They burn 495 calories. And then a person at 155 pounds, they burned 594 calories. And an individual at 185 pounds was able to burn 693 calories through cycling. So yeah, for any of y'all uh, out there that are trying to burn a shit ton of calories, get on a stationary exercise bike um, and try to bike 20 miles an hour <laughs> for 30 minutes. That is a ridiculous pace um, to engage in. I use the, the assault bike and yeah, I can definitely attest to some 20 minute sessions and burning a hell of a lot of calories. I'm trying to think the most calories I've ever burned on the assault bike was in 20 minutes. I think I did like closer to, to like 230 to 250 calories or something like that. And I weigh about right now I'm about like one, I'm probably like 184, 185 ish. I might be a little bit lighter than that. So yeah, for sure cycling is cycling is legit cycling definitely burns a lot of calories if you are cycling at a high level of intensity so if you're on your greg new set when it comes to cycling you definitely will burn a shit ton of calories um now in regards to the body parts and muscle groups that it utilizes clearly you have to hold on to the handlebars so with that you're gripping the handlebars when you're riding you're you're using muscles in your forearms you're obviously using muscles, you know, in your upper arms, your biceps, your triceps, but, you know, by default, you're obviously going to use your shoulders as well. Of course, utilizing your shoulders means you're going to be flexing your, your, uh, your pectoralis majors or your chest muscle, uh, your chest muscles, you know, just by kind of the swaying back and forth that you do when you're cycling at an intense pace. And then from there, you're, you're, you're using your back as a stabilizer in order to stay upright as you're holding on to the handlebars. Then we're getting down into the core area. You're flexing your core, you know, heavy breathing, trying to maintain and have proper breathing throughout the cycling. You're pressing down on the pedals. You're again, you're using your quads. You're using your hamstrings, which is the back of your legs. You're using your glutes in order to push through, drive through, uh, you know, each, each pedal um you know just to get those those rpms going so yeah it makes a lot of sense as to why cycling at a high level or a higher intensity um will cause you to be able to burn the most calories because again your body has to utilize so many different muscle groups at the same time so you're going to exert or use a lot more energy um to be able to perform the exercise which in this case will be cycling now, unfortunately for me, I only read that one article. So, of course, there could still be some articles that might suggest that running might be something that burns the most calories. But who's to say? Obviously, I'll have to look at a couple of more articles um, to really see. Is there is there a trend in regards to, you know, multiple, multiple articles or multiple, uh, papers that suggest that cycling is something that burns the most calories or is it running or is it something else? 
you know, and then of course, is there scientific evidence that backs these things? So yeah, but like I said, I read one article and this was the thing that they said, cycling at 20 miles per hour burns the most calories within 30 minute time frame. So again, you guys, if y'all want to test that out yourselves, you can test that out, get your Fitbits or your, your fitness trackers, do a 20 minute cycling session or 30 minutes and see how you, you know, see how many calories you burn. And then from there, you know, lift weights for 30 minutes, see how many calories you burn, do some body weight exercises, see how many calories you burn. Um, do some the various types of cardio-based machines, the rowing machine, the ski erg. See how many calories you burn and compare them to cycling to see if cycling burns the most calories. But yeah, according to that article, cycling burns the most calories. So like I said, if you're in a pinch or you don't have a lot of time or you're just trying to get the most bang for your buck, stationary cycling, 20 minutes at the most intense levels that you can that you can bring um to your workout because also intensity is key to burning a lot of calories as well so yeah man um that pretty much sums up that portion of the episode that's really all i wanted to discuss and go over in regards to the fitness portion of this exercise um me i do like to cycle um but like i said i use the assault bike so i do that about three to four times a week and yeah like i said i can attest to it being like a super beneficial workout definitely burns a lot of calories um so yeah man get your cycle on and burn some calories stop playing games in these streets if you enjoyed this portion of the episode make sure you download rate comment and subscribe to the podcast for more episodes now getting into a more detailed segment we're going to talk about finance and specifically we're going to talk about how to find stocks to buy so when i started out Obviously, I didn't know where to look, where to go, who to ask. Hey, where do I find stocks? How do I find stocks? What stocks do I buy? What what businesses do I buy? So for me, some things were kind of obvious. I already had some ideas in mind. Um, but basically, the easiest way to find stocks to buy is, is to ask yourself these questions. So where do you work? Because you might work at a publicly traded company that that you can buy stock in. Where do you buy groceries? Because there, there might be a high probability that the place that you go to buy your groceries actually has shares available for you to buy as an investor. Another question you can ask yourself, what brand of clothing do you wear? Because again, that company where you buy your clothes, they might actually offer shares publicly to investors to buy in the open market. Another question, what kind of car do you drive? Maybe you drive um, a Ford or maybe you drive a General Motors vehicle. Who knows? But they they offer stock publicly so you can buy that stock. But a better example um, would be like, for instance, if you and and I'm sure so many people have made this example, but it's the most it's the easiest example that you can make. Do you like Nike's? Do you wear Nike's? If you like Nike sneakers, well then, they have stock that you can buy in the open market. 
their company trades publicly. If a company trades publicly and they issue shares, that means you can buy stock in that company. So if you like Nikes, you can buy Nike stock. So that's a very simple and easy way to do that. Look around at all of the products that you consume on a daily basis. Do you have an iPhone? Because guess what? Apple is a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange, which means they offer shares to the public. So you can buy shares of Apple stock while owning a MacBook, while owning an iPhone or an iPod or whatever. Um, so yeah, you just run down the list of things that you buy and purchase on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and that will show you whether or not it's a publicly traded company. If it is a publicly traded company that issues shares in the open market, you can buy stock in that company. So that is one way that you can do it. And that's something that I did. I went through and looked at the most obvious things that I do all the time or things that I purchase that I have an understanding of. And I just said, well, shit, if this is a publicly traded company that issues shares to everyday individuals to buy in the New York Stock Exchange or the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the NASDAQ, I'll just buy the stock. But of course, you want to obviously do thorough analysis of each individual company that you're buying via the stock market. Now, to get into the more complicated, detailed version, there are many websites and, and, and tools and products where they allow you to create screeners where you can put in different information to find specific stocks to your liking. Um, but again, another hack that I used was looking at ETFs. So what the hell is an ETF? An ETF is an exchange traded fund, which is a basket of stocks that are based on many factors like market cap, which is small cap, mid cap, large cap. And it's also based on sectors. Sectors like the financial sector, the healthcare sector, consumer staples, uh, real estate, etc. Now, these were created in order to make it easier for average investors to be able to invest in the stock market without taking a whole bunch of risk or without having to think or do too much research. Because again, manage money managers or basically registered investment advisors, they will manage a basket of stocks. And again, they'll base it off of very different, like uh, various types of things. So it might be industries. Like I said, it might be the financial industry, it might be the healthcare industry or real estate or consumer products. Um, and they will buy stocks based on those industries or those sectors, and they will compile them into one investment, that investment being called an ETF. From, those, from that ETF, you can look at the holdings of the ETF. Now, what are the holdings? The holdings are how many individual stocks are inside of that fund? How many, how many individual stocks are inside of that ETF? From there, you're going to see the names of the individual stocks. And it's going to also show you the weightings or the percentage of money that is in each individual stock. So your obvious bet is to look at the top 10 holdings of the ETF. That's going to show you which companies 
uh, the managers believe in the most because they're going to put the most money into those top holdings, into those top investments, into those top, the top list of that ETF. So there might be an ETF that has 500 stocks inside of it. Um, and it might be based off of just the American stock market. So the, the S&P 500. So it's going to have, you know, four or 500 different stocks in it. And they might be based off of technology or they might be based off of utilities or they might be based off of consumer staple products or consumer discretionary products. Or they might be just be a bunch of real estate stocks that are all compiled into one ETF. Now, you can look at the individual holdings of the ETF to look at individual companies. And from there, you might get some ideas of companies to invest in. So... Um, the specific site that I used in, in regards to finding out what was inside of these ETFs in terms of individual stocks was ETF.com. So you go to ETF.com and you click on the top left menu bar. From there, you select tools and database. And then from there, you'll see something that says ETF finder and you'll scroll down to a list. And then it will have it'll have a list already preset of just popular ETFs. From there, you can pick screeners. Um, screeners will allow you to get into the more, uh, just more details, um, whether it's commodities or equities or fixed income, etc., or technology. And then from there, you can just if you want it to be simpler, you can look at the top ten holdings or. You can look at all of the holdings inside of an ETF. Again, the holdings are each individual stock that is inside of the ETF. So a way to do that is to look at all the holdings. If you look at ETF.com, it's going to show you only the top the top 10 or the top 20 holdings inside of the ETF. So if you want to see more of the individual companies inside of the ETF, you can use a website called stockanalysis.com and you can, you can, you can, well, first of all, let me go back because this might be a little confusing to you. So you need to find the ticker symbol. Once you find ETFs, you go to ETF.com, you're going to see three letter symbols. These three letter symbols are called ticker symbols. This is the name of either the individual stock or the individual ETF fund. Once you find that ETF ticker symbol and you want to look at all of the stocks inside of that ETF, you type that ticker symbol into, you know, you could type it into Google search or you can type it into websites like stock analysis. Now, if you use stockanalysis.com, you might find a ticker symbol um, SPY. So you type SPY into stockanalysis.com and then from there, it's going to show you all of the stocks that are inside SPY or XLK or ARKK or whatever it is. And you can look at the individual companies inside of that ETF. Now on stockanalysis.com, I saw that it only shows you one to 200 holdings for free. And then from there, they want you to, you know, purchase uh, some type of program or whatever, or purchase a membership to be able to see all the ETFs. So if you already have a brokerage account, you can just go into your brokerage account, whether it's Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, uh, 
E-Trade, Charles Schwab, etc., or Robinhood, God forbid, you'll be able to type in the ticker symbol of the ETF and then you will find where it says holdings. And when you click on holdings, holdings is going to show you every single stock that is inside of that ETF. And you can scan through that whole list and that will give you companies that you may or may not want to purchase in your portfolio as an individual stock. But that's up to you. Now, that's one way to do it. Looking at the holdings of an ETF, that will help you to find individual stocks. Another thing that I used was something uh, a website called finviz.com. Now, finviz.com is, a, again, it's a little more detailed, but basically I'll give you a quick rundown. You type in finviz.com, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. And then you click screener at the top left of the screen. You're going to see descriptive. You go to descriptive and you can choose specifics. You can type in the sector that you want. You can type in the market cap. You can type in shares outstanding. You can type in the specific country that you're looking for. Next to descriptive, you're going to see fundamental, a fundamental tab. You click on fundamental and under the fundamental tab, you can search for specific indicators or metrics like the P.E. ratios. You can look at debt to equity ratios. You can look at institutional ownership. You can look at return on investment, gross margin. Um, it will allow you to add in the specific numbers. So you might like a company or you might like stocks with P.E. ratios that are below 20. So so you go to when you're on finviz.com and you look at uh, the fundamental tab, you're going to see one of the one of the metrics or one of the ratios is going to say P.E. Now, when you type when you when you click on that, it's going to have numbers greater greater than 10 or less than 20 or whatever. So if you like a low PE under 20, then you're going to select PE ratios under 20. Now once you do that, a list at the bottom of the screen is going to pop up with all of the companies, American companies or foreign companies that have PE ratios below 20 or above 20 if you're into that or whatever it is and you just go you go through. Now there's other technical uh, analysis that you can look at as well. There's a technical tab. Now, if you click on the technical tab, you can search for things like volatility, the 200 day simple moving average. You can type in uh, 52 week highs or 52 week lows. You can also look at the resistance and support indicator or RSI um, as well. Now, once you finish adding in all of those details to the screener, like I said, a list is going to automatically appear at the bottom of the screen, giving you specific names of companies from there. It's up to you to pick and choose which companies you want to do more research on. Once you find the companies that you're interested in, it's up to you to do your own research and analysis on the individual companies. Um, Finviz com just helps you to scan through a large list of companies that you may or may not want to invest in depending on what you look for in a business but you still have to go once you find the ticker symbols of the businesses you want to buy it's going to show you the names of the companies you got to do your own research and analysis on the companies so you're going to have to go and search for the 10Ks or the 8Ks or the 10Qs in order to look at the financials of the companies. Or 
if you want to go this route, you can just find articles. You can Google articles about the business. So for example, maybe you, maybe it's your first time investing. You want to, you, you know, everybody's talking about Apple. So you're like, well, you don't know too much about Apple. You want to find out more about Apple. Okay. So you can go g- just look at what is the ticker symbol for Apple? A-P-P-L. You can type A-P-P-L into Google or you can go to finviz.com and you can type in A-P-P-L. Apple's going to come up. From there, it's going to show you the market cap, how uh, the value, the overall value of the company. Um, it's going to show you what the P-E ratio is, the price to earnings ratio. It's going to show you how much debt they have versus how much equity they have. It's going to show you how many institutional investors own Apple. Uh, return on investment, gross margin, etc. It's going to give you the the technical side of the stock. But yeah, even from that, that's only going to give you some of what what uh, what the company is or how they operate from a technical standpoint. But in terms of the financial numbers, the balance sheet, um, the income statements, the profit and loss statements, you're going to have to look at things like 10Ks uh, uh, 10Qs. You're going to have to look at annual reports. You're going to have to look at, um, you know, just the different, uh, SEC filings or securities and exchange commission filings. So every publicly traded company, they have to report their financial statements to the securities and exchange commission. So those filings are going to be important to you as an investor because they're going to allow you to look at and review all of the financial statements of the last three years or the last five years um, to see how well did the business do or how well has the business been doing. And then from there, you can decide if you want to buy these companies or not, if you want to buy stock in them. So yeah, um, that is that those are the things that I did to find the stocks that I, that I invested in. So you can, you can use those ideas. You can use those tips and tactics to do the same thing. It might be a little bit easier for you instead of looking at, well, I heard somebody say that this is a a good stock, or I heard somebody say that, that this stock has gone up in value or that stock is good or that stock is bad. No, just do the research. You can use, again, you can look at an ETF and you can search the ETF's holdings. Look at an ETF's holdings, and the holdings are the individual stocks inside of that ETF. From there, you can pick and choose what individual companies you want to buy stock in. If you don't like that, you can go to finviz.com, and you can just type in the ticker symbols of companies that that you're interested in purchasing. Or, again, you can type in the fundamentals. You can type in all of the details, the return on investment, the gross margin, the PE ratios, the debt to equity ratios, how many institutional uh, owners are are bought the stock individually. What's the volatility of the stock? What is the 200-day simple moving average? What's the 52-week high? What's the 52-week low? What is the support, uh, the resistance to support indicators, et cetera, et cetera. You can just go through on finviz.com and get all of the details and, and it's going to automatically pull up a list every time that you, that you put in a new indicator that you're looking for, whether it's a technical indicator or a fundamental indicator or just a descriptive indicator. And then you can go from there and pick and choose whatever companies you might be interested in. So yeah, 
Those are the things that I did in order to find the stocks that I bought in my portfolio. You may or may not want to do the same thing and it might, you know, create less of a headache for you instead of just Googling random ass stuff. Now you can have a more organized approach. Once again, if you don't know where to find stocks, search for ETFs. So an ETF, again, is an exchange-traded fund. It's a basket of companies that are managed by registered investment advisors. They just pick a bunch, all whatever companies that they think are the most successful, they put those into one fund. And you look at the holdings of an ETF to get some stock ideas. And then from there, you can do research on each individual company. If you don't like that, you can go to finviz.com and you can type in ticker symbols of the of the stocks that you want to buy. Or you can type in all of the details, P.E. ratios, price to earnings ratios, uh, you know, five year, five year growth. Or you can look at resistance and support. Uh, levels that you like in a, in a in a stock and it's going to pull up a large list of stocks that have those things that you're looking for specifically from there you're still going to have to do individual research on each individual stock that you're interested in um, which again you can start looking at annual reports 10ks 10qs 8ks um, which are going to show you the fundamentals or the actual balance sheets, the income statements, the profit and loss statements. It's going to show you how much debt they have, how much equity they have, retained earnings. It's going to show you cost of goods sold, raw materials. Um, it's going to give you a complete rundown. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go through that in order to find stocks. So it's really not that hard. It's pretty simple, but you gotta use common sense as well. So again. Look at everyday products that you purchase and use. Do they have publicly traded companies that issue stock? Because if they do, you can buy them. Like I said, what kind of car do you drive? What kind of shoes do you wear? What kind of clothes do you wear? Where do you buy your groceries? Um, where do you buy pizza? Maybe there's a pizza company that you can buy stock in. An example, Domino's. You can buy you can buy stock in Domino's Pizza. If you like if you like their pizza and you and you like their you know, their company, maybe you could buy the stock, but that's up to you. So yeah, don't listen to me. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I don't know anything about anything. This is all for just informational and educational purposes only. But yes, that is what you need to do if you are trying to find stocks to buy. Look at the holdings of ETFs or go to finviz.com. And you can type in all of the different types of details and indicators um, to help you find stocks to buy. But you still have to do research on each individual company. Just because you can find a stock to buy doesn't mean you should buy it. Um, you need to understand the business. So that entails you looking at all of the numbers, the balance sheets of the businesses. Once you find stocks that you're interested in, go do research on the companies. Um, don't be lazy. So yeah, man, if you enjoyed any of this, make sure you download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. We got new episodes on the way. Make sure you tune in next Sunday, all right? Next Sunday, we're going to drop another episode on y'all. So yeah, like I said, man, make sure you rate, download, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. More episodes on the way. You already know who it is. I'm not going to say it again. I'm out.